that we often share on this morning together. The words, he is risen, and and quite often the the response to those words from the congregation would be, he is risen indeed. Three simple words, he is risen, three words which convey the hope for every heart throughout all of time. When we stop and reflect on that, we see that every word in that simple phrase has equal weight. Every word, he is risen. The word he has weight because of who he is. The word is has weight because it is definitive. It leaves no room for question. And then the word risen because the impossible has been made possible. The grave has been overcome and the gate to eternal life, the door to eternal life and the way to eternal life has been revealed. Before he was, many people longed for him to come. When he came, many longed for him to stay. When he was gone, many people longed for answers in the midst of their confusion and when he rose, He answered their questions and pointed towards a reality beyond their wildest imaginations. That is the heartbeat of the Resurrection Sunday event. He is risen. And it's a radical story when we actually stop and think about it. When we step back from the bustle and the routine and and the immersion of Christian living and actually consider what the voice of Resurrection Sunday symbolises or what it conveys. It's a radical story that Jesus existing in the form of God did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant taking on the likeness of humanity. And when he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. He died for our sins according to the scriptures, was buried and was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. His body clothed with incorruptibility, his mortal body clothed with immortality. Death defeated by him, for him, but not just for him. Death defeated by him for all who would call on his name. Everyone who calls, or depending on what Bible you would use, whosoever calls, whether Jew or Greek, male or female, slave or free, everyone who calls, because God so loved the world he gave of himself, 
so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God gave his only son, he gave of himself, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal, everlasting life. That is the voice of Philippians, that's the voice of of Corinthians, it's the voice of the Gospels, what we've just shared there. It truly is a radical story. It's a radical story of love. Indeed, no greater love is there than this, that a man would lay down his life for his friends. And then we consider this. God became flesh and dwelt among us. He became that man who would lay down his life for those who were and those who would become his friends. It's a radical story of love seen in the life, death, burial and resurrection of God himself. It's a radical story of love that was purposed in heaven, projected by God and purposeful for humanity. We might even say, rather than purposed in heaven, planned in heaven. Planned in heaven, projected by God and purposeful for humanity. Planned in heaven before the beginning of time projected by God throughout time and purposeful for humanity at the right time. At the right time, God sent his Son. It was planned in heaven before the beginning of of time. This radical story of love. The God who knows the end from the beginning. I find this incredible. The God who knows the end from the beginning, creating humankind with full knowledge that he would need to intervene. Knowing full well that we would need him. And knowing full well that he would need to drag that cross up the hill towards an excruciating end. All planned and purposed in heaven. Then projected by God throughout time in the prophetic words and in established patterns of worship. If we look through the Old Testament, we see the voice of God's story and God's promise repeated time and time again. One great example we nudged to last week, hinted towards Deuteronomy chapter 18. The God of heaven spoke to Moses saying, I will raise up for them, that is God's people, a prophet like you, that is Moses. I will put my words in this prophet's mouth and he will tell them everything I command him. I will hold accountable whoever does not listen to my words that he speaks in my name. That is a pointing towards the coming Messiah. And then we have the words of, uh, of the New Testament gospel, that encounter with John the Baptist, behold the Lamb of God, that, that points to the Passover Lamb of Exodus chapter 12. That little Passover Lamb who shed blood protected those who were obedient to God's instruction from the coming judgment of God in that moment in Egypt. Those who were obedient to God's instruction to get the shed blood of the lamb and to paint the doorpost with that blood. They were protected from the coming of God's judgment. And the story of God's protection from his 
his, his own hand of judgment retold with every Passover meal from then onwards, generation after generation, all projecting forward to the perfect lamb whose shed blood offers protection for all who trust in his name. Planned in heaven, projected by God and purposeful for humanity. We know John chapter 1 so well, don't we? We've read that so often over the past few years. It tells us that the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was created through him and yet the world did not recognise him. He came to his own and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, he gave them the right to be children of God, to those who believe in his name. We mentioned before, at the right time God sent his Son, at the right time, atoning for the sin of humanity and offering humanity the opportunity to be restored to righteousness before the God of heaven. Resurrection morning is the culmination of a radical story of love. And the beautiful truth of this radical story is that it hasn't changed over thousands of years. It's the story that still today beckons us to come. All who are thirsty, come and drink. Come, all who are weary, and find your rest. And because of the reality of this resurrection morning, we aren't left with any misconceptions that these offers to come and to drink, to come and to rest, to come and to be forgiven, restored and made new, these offers aren't simply the teachings of a wise and loving man. They aren't simply the teachings of one amongst many. The resurrection confirms what the disciples had suspected, that they are indeed the teachings and truths of the one who was with God in the beginning, the word who became flesh and dwelt among us, the one who is himself God and is now, because of the resurrection, sitting at the Father's side in glory. It's a radical story of love. It's a story that has been told and retold because of its significance. And because the one who purposed it and projected it is so significant. This Easter resurrection message of the God who died that we might die to the world. And the God who was raised himself to new life that we too may be raised to new life in his kingdom. This truly is the greatest and most far-reaching story ever told. You know, great stories are written to be read, and the best stories will challenge us to think deeply. And so when we hear this story, the only question worth asking is simply this. Where are you in this radical love story? Are you with the risen king or not? Do you want to be with the risen king or not? 
For most, if not all of us, as we listen to this, the answer, of course, is a hearty yes, I am with the risen King. And so the question that follows is simply this. What is your role in the most radical story of love ever told? You might feel like one who's destined to be on the sidelines. One who's actually comfortable in the shadows. One who feels as though they have become an insignificant character that could so easily be forgotten. But that's the thing about this, the most radical story ever told. This story. You see, to be with the risen king, born again to new life, is to be drawn from the sidelines into the very midst of the greatest story ever told. To be with this risen king is to be taken out of the shadows and into the midst of the light. To be with the risen king is to be declared significant in the kingdom of the risen king. And so the resurrection story is your story and it's my story. Because you were buried with Christ by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too may walk in newness of life. For if we've been united with him in the likeness of his death, we will certainly also be in the likeness of his resurrection. He is risen. Three simple words. Every one of those words having equal significance. He because of who he is. Is because it's definitive with no room for question or no room for doubt. And risen because of something impossible happening because he is the God of the impossible. Who is he to you? Who is he to you? Lord and and Saviour, risen Redeemer and friend, thanks be to God for his plans and purposes that give us what we didn't deserve and cannot earn, all because we call upon the name of the Lord. He paid the ultimate price that we might live. So let's live in the power of the risen King this day and forevermore. Amen.